Hey, why are companies blaming remote work for all their problems? Let's talk about it. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? You are listening to the People in Tech podcast, a technology show that's made for the people. Join the conversation with your host, Caleb King. Hey, what's up, day one listeners? Welcome back to the show. And look, for this episode, I'll be honest with you. I had some thoughts. I already had some opinions. I I was going to do like a CES recap, and then we talked about doing like a 2022 tech predictions, and then we were going to do maybe like some recent news, but no, scratch all that. I had a coworker recently post, former coworker, post on LinkedIn, and for those of you who know me personally, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about, but... I'm not going to call anybody out because I actually do like this person. But the article in question was, young employees are losing out on a lot by not going in the office. Business experts say. Who the fuck are business experts? So anyways, what I want, like this article kind of like, it just kind of triggered me because I've noticed this pattern with some organizations where they are, they are trying to do everything in their power, similar to politics. Like, they're trying to do everything in their power to shift the blame to something. And we just can't let that fly. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. But DJ Side Hustle, you know what to do. Hit me up. What's up, day one listeners? You're rocking with the best DJ. The realest shit gon' find. Woo! DJ Side Hustle. Make sure to check out and subscribe on our website and follow us on LinkedIn for exclusive content. All right, so let's just talk about this. So the article here is titled, Young Employees Are Losing Out on a Lot by Not Going Into the Office. And really, when I read that title, the first thing I thought of was, I wonder if the person who wrote this article is working from home and if they are do they just hate it like and what about it don't they like and i have no i've had this like issue in the past like uh i've and i've always been worried like being in certain group settings but let me give you an example real quick so like i was on a team um back in the day and i had a manager and the way he phrased it was probably incorrect but he was like Hey, like, what would you guys think about, like, working from home? This is way, this is, like, 2017, like, pre-pandemic, right? And it blew my mind how out of all of us on the team, there was more conversation about, like, all the cons of working from home. And there were some people who were like, I wouldn't work from home. I would just come in. And they were still giving reasons why they shouldn't even do it. And I was just, I was shocked because I'm like, look, it's a benefit, like, no one is forcing you from to work from home. They're trying to g- offer it as a benefit. Like some organizations offer the ability to go back to college, to get your bachelor's, your master's, or maybe something of uh, like a specification, a specialization, maybe a certification. And just because you don't want to do it doesn't mean you should be like, hey, I would never get Google certified, so I- take that benefit away. I I already have my college degree, so I don't need that benefit. So you should just take it away altogether. Like, it's amazing when you get a group of people, smart people, in a room, and you present them an option like, hey, you can work from home. And you're going to have somebody who's going to be like, that's no, no, I, I I don't even want the option. I want you to take it away from me. So that is like, I don't even know what to call these people, but like, I have noticed a pattern over the last like three to four years 
for some people who are clearly all in favor for remote remote work. Working from home, change your lives. I mean, if you just think of some of the benefits of being remote, for me, I could spend way more time with my dog, way more time with my family, my wife, my daughter. When I like, I was, I have a COVID baby. So, like, my baby being born, like, in the middle of the pandemic, like, let me tell you guys, like, I don't know how some of y'all did it pre pandemic. Because having the ability to be at home, my especially women out there, like shout out to all the women in tech and a shout out to women working women professionals because the the way y'all have to do everything for the kid and like be professional, also like, hey, I need to go, you know, in the bathroom to make sure I can change or hey, I want to breastfeed, but like I gotta do it in my the privacy of my office. Like I can only imagine like the complexity of being a mother, a newborn, uh, a new mother pre-pandemic. And then once the pandemic hit and you were remote, I hope, at least it was for us, it was just something where I'm like, I just don't know what life is like if you didn't have that freedom and flexibility. So, again, let's go back to this article. We're talking about this guy. Like I said, he's writing it. I'm sure he's like writing it working from home, which I think was just like the one thing in my eyes, I thought it was really funny. And it is specifically talking about young employees are losing out by not going in the office. And I just really thought to myself, like, don't get me wrong, there are some benefits to the office, but like, I, I just feel like there's this aspect of people trying to hold on to something where there's, I think artificially, we told ourselves we need the office. And let me, let me give you my two cents on this. It all depends on where you work, but let's just assume, because I've been very fortunate myself, let's assume you work at an organization where you have great office culture. You enjoy your coworkers, you guys get along, you might go out for lunches, team meetings, you do a whole bunch of fun stuff. As much as I like my coworkers, I don't like them more than my family. But I understand if you spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week at work, then yes, you want good work culture. You want good office culture. And for some people, office culture turns into friends and some friends are better than other friends. But it was like once remote work happened, I think what was really taken away from for some people was the convenience of having that culture. Because now being a remote, it's hard to keep that culture and you almost need to make more of an effort to ensure it stays around because like it's much easier for a company to hire some really good people, put them in a room and boom, office culture. Cause that's, I mean like, let's think about what office culture really is. Like it's not, it's not rocket science. It's not, it's somebody who is taking charge, organizing things for his, his or she, her, his or hers colleagues whether it be networking events, whether it be presentations. And look, don't get me wrong. I do miss some aspects of the office, but a lot of it to me is just highly overrated because I don't miss like, like I actually, I saw a TikTok the other day and I just love how the TikTok highlighted where it was like, look, I have my own bathroom. Like that's like a legit issue when you're in the office. You have to share bathrooms. Like, I know it's not the biggest deal. Oh, I don't have to dress up as much. Like, I'm now people, I think, are out of the pajama phase. 
but it's like I have my own bathroom. I get to spend time with my dog. My family is here. Uh, if I want to put something on on the TV in the background, I could totally do that. If I wanted to go outside, I could do that. If I wanted to, like, I just have this freedom and flexibility that I that I just never had before. And what you're trying to convince me of is what what it was like before is better. And I always just like to say, like, who was it better for? Was it better for the employee or was it a better experience for the company? And we all know the answer. The answer is a company. But let me get back to the article before I really go off on a tangent here. Young employees. That's the focus of this article. Now, I can't consider myself a young employee necessarily because I, I do get responsibilities now. Um, but I think when we're talking about young employees, I'm thinking of like year one, year two, year three, up until year five. You know, you're early in your career. You're trying to establish yourself. And, I, you know, when they said losing out on a lot, this article kind of struggled to tell you what a lot was. Because was it the office kitchen? Because I'd rather have my own kitchen. Was it the office gossip? I am not kidding. If you look at this article, it says young employees would miss out on office gossip. And I was just like, if awesome gossip is like your second bullet point, then I really don't think you have a Sean case here. And... It was saying working from home could also be damaging young employees' productivity. And again, this is where I want to make my first point. A lot of this article was trying to shift the blame to remote work. And here is my thought. Prior to the pandemic, mentoring, coaching, you know, getting that face-to-face, hands-on, random networking you know, the office cooler conversations, the team building, the all those things. If you even got those, because I know some of y'all listening, you're like, I didn't get any of that shit, Caleb. Like, culture, you can keep it, because I didn't have any of it. I get it. But when I'm thinking of, like, office culture, I really just don't think there's a lot there. But when we're talking about young employees and, like, what they're missing out on, I don't think it's remote work that's hurting young employees' productivity. What I really think is happening is colleges are failing at preparing young people to be working professionals. And see, back in the day, it was a lot easier because, look, you're an adult and you have a college hire. College hire, maybe he went to the Harvard of Arizona, Arizona State University. Maybe they were in a fraternity or sorority. Maybe they're used to, you know, work hard, party harder type mentality. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. Maybe this person needed somebody to look over their shoulder. Because I can tell you, like, my first boss, she was a micromanager. She, anytime I got up, like, I remember one time I had a one-on-one with her. She's like, you got up 26 times today, Caleb? And I really want to know, what, you, what are you doing with your time where you're here? Why are you getting up so much? And I just remember sitting there, I'm like, you gave me a task to print out 300 pieces of paper and a printer only prints out so much at a time. So I print some and I go back and I have to print more. And she was like, I, I just I just don't see how you're printing so like I, I think you could be more efficient. And I just remember sitting there, I'm like, are we really arguing over how many times I've gotten up from my computer? 
But yeah, you have managers like that. They just suck at being a manager. That's just to keep it a buck. And when we're talking about young employees, I, I really just don't think colleges prepare them. Uh, if I look back at my college experience, I had a blast. But I studied, so if you guys don't know, I studied one of the hardest curriculums at Arizona State University, the Harvard of Arizona. I studied computer information systems. That is three big words that is on my bachelor's degree. It's a BS, bachelor's of science, so you know it's legit. And if you guys don't know, computer information systems like pretty much harder than any computer science degree. If any computer science kid tells you it's not, tell them to shut the fuck up. Outside of that, what I learned in CIS was a lot of business classes, marketing, international studies, how to use Excel, how to use Word, which, by the way, did barely learn how to do either of those outside of opening them up. And I want to say like my CIS like technical classes was like project management and database analysis and then entrepreneurship what i'm trying to get at was i don't use even no let me even go on i let me go on a quick rant even my e-commerce class which was the idea of building an e-commerce website like you guys will laugh at it today because not only did i learn like php 5.5 html 4 css javascript to build a shit website we didn't even learn anything about e-commerce. E-commerce, nowadays, e-commerce is just going on Shopify, figuring out digital marketing, figuring out how to market, figuring out how to research and find a good product. And then those kids who we all know are making hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're not coding. Yet I had a teacher try to sit here and convince me if I learn PHP, I'm learning the skills uh, and not even like modern good framework i mean i know there's a lot of crap php out there don't get me started but a lot of people were not looking at my resume because they're like oh you know php i'm like yeah but the php i know is just like scratching the surface because this is what i mean not really preparing me to work in a workplace and i've worked with some kids coming out of high school sorry coming out of college and quote unquote top of their class so it's to be super smart, 4.0. And what I've learned is, unfortunately, these students are just really good at following instructions, not really good for thinking for themselves, not really good at critical thinking. And I understand they don't have critical thinking. They've never had to actually think. You literally tell them what the assignments are. You tell them what they need to do, and then they do it. And it just kind of reminds me of like the whole like ecosystem behind college was really to... And school itself is really kind of like to create like the general working population. And I just don't think the curriculum, the way it's structured is actually benefiting young college students. And here's the other thing. The REI in college just isn't there anymore. Like kids are getting a whole bunch of debt to learn something they kind of don't care about, to get a job in that sounded cool, but really isn't something they're interested in. And then years go by and then they regret it. And what I'm what I'm also noticing too with college kids coming out is there's just this lack of truly separating what they learn in theory and then what they can do in application. So yeah, that's the first point I wanted to pull. I can probably keep talking about this the college point alone, but I, I think college is just ultimately failing at young people. And I know and now it's becoming obvious. Like employers are like, oh young people and this article 
young people are missing out because they don't get the office networking. They don't get the office mentorship. Look, I can tell you, I was in office for you know, more than a decade. I probably only found three good mentors. And let me just be very clear. It wasn't because they were in the office. It was because I made the effort to reach out to them, to be like, can you help me grow in my career? There was nothing about being in the office necessarily that was like, oh yeah, I was in the office, they gave me a mentor. That was still something I needed to do. And let me be, let me just point this out. If you notice, that was something I wanted to do and I took the initiative to do so. Whereas back in the day, businesses, they didn't have to do anything. It was just all part of the deal. It's like, hey, if you were in the office, you got to, I mean, like it was this it, low effort on the business side. And last thing I'll say about a college thing, REI is not there. College is also, I mean, they're greedy. This is America. It's all about capitalism. It's all about, it's all about making money. And with that, you have to remember colleges they're trying to get the most money out of you. They don't even care if you're top of the class. They don't care what you really learn. They just want to make sure you pay your 50K to Michael Crow, get your money, get your piece of paper, get out. And if you're in loan, if you're in debt, if you finance your education, perfect, because they want to collect interest. They want to make sure they get their money. Like It's just a money-greedy organization. And that's just how it is. Like Anybody who tells you something different, they're lying to you. Now, the other thing I wanted to point out in this article was the whole article was really trying to blame remote work. It was like remote work is causing problems. Remote work is causing young people to not seek mentorship. Remote work is hurting productivity. Remote work is causing COVID. Remote work caused Omicron. Remote work. And I was sitting there like, man, dude, like this is my really remind me of politics where the the writer, the author, is trying to control the narrative. And really what I thought of, I was like, remote work is here to stay. And companies who are struggling with it, it's not that remote work is failing employees. Companies are failing and trying to shift blame. Now, look, we're about two years in the, in the pandemic. And I've talked to a few people. Some people are still struggling with video. They're like, they hopped on Zoom, but they didn't really set up Zoom correctly, and they, ha and they haven't set it up since, so it's in a bad state. Uh, the companies are too cheap to pay for Slack or pay for the Google Suite or pay for whatever tools that employees need to be remote. And here's the thing. If a company is making money and they feel like, if, if, look, if they're, if they're making money, they're going to act like it's all good. And when a company is not making money, then you're just in a high-pressure situation, and I really don't wish that on anybody. But what really was apparent to me in this article was I sat there, I'm like, it's not remote work. Remote work was here before the pandemic. You just have a lot more people doing it. What's happening, specifically going back to young people, is, one, they're not prepared to be, to be you know, working professional. They're not being prepared in college. Two... Some of these kids, like I said, might have gone to the Harvard of Arizona, Arizona State University, might have studied computer information systems, might have joined a fraternity, had the mentality of work hard, play harder. I mean, 
Thursday, Thursday, Wine Wednesdays, Fridays were Fridays, Saturday, Sundays, maybe went to class on a Tuesday. And when you get your very first job, you had somebody looking over your shoulder. And even though you still wanted to mess around, you had that person looking over your shoulder like you can't mess around. You can't do that. And I'll just say, not speaking from experience, but I think those who will perform and who show maturity and who want to do their job well, they're going to ask for help. They're going to reach out for to their management. They're going to express to people like, hey, I kind of want to get more leaders. I want to get more mentorship. I want to get more opportunities. But there's also a like managing of expectations. There's this aspect where I think some like I think you almost need to have like the talk. Like when you bring in like a college hire, I really think you need to sit down and like let them know the expectations. Because I had I had somebody who was joining my team, this is about three, two years ago, I think. And person was super smart, had great organization, had like all the intangibles, but no technical skills. But that was fine because I'm like, like the first thing she she joined my team. And I was like, hey, look, I really just need you to give effort and ask a lot of questions. And there's really no expectations outside of that. And I don't know who talked to her, but like her first like two weeks, she was so paranoid about I'm not doing anything and I don't know what they want me to do. And oh, and I and like my boss was like, I need you to talk to her more. And I was like, I really had to sit there and pause, guys, because I was upset because I was like, all right, first of all, my boss is giving her special treatment which isn't good for her in my opinion the next thing i started noticing was okay i don't know what she thinks her expectations are but you're not tony stark you're not iron man you're not reed richards you're not going to come into this company i mean if you if you do show me the way but most of you you're not going to start your very first job and be the superhero in the first week in the first two weeks and like i literally told her i was like look my expectations for you are to ask questions, to help, to show that you're trying to understand things, and it's to show effort. Like, that was literally all I said, and it was amazing how she took that. I was like, I'm not really getting what I need, and, like, I need more guidance, and, like, my boss literally kept reaching out to me. You need to give her more guidance, and I'm like, she doesn't even have a task yet. What guidance do you want me to give her? Like, I need her to show up to meetings, see how we operate. And then when I feel like she's ready for her first task, which was like going to be in like two or three days, then I will have a meeting with her to discuss that. And it, was a, it blew my mind because I had a moment of clarity. It wasn't that I wasn't doing my job well, but my boss never even told her what the expectations were of her. And that was an example to me where I'm like, remote work isn't failing. Companies are failing and they're trying to shift blame. Now, here's something that I've had a few conversations with a few friends on, which is this article is talking about they're missing out on mentorship. They're missing out on networking. They're missing out on the ability to turn your chair over and be like, can you show me how to do this? And my thought was, you're probably just not going to get that back. There's Remote work is great, but it's not perfect. I'm not going to sit here like it can do everything. But what I started realizing was, See, when you were not in the office, there are some things that a business got for free. Part of that was, hey, 
We have people who are trying to build a community here because they see their coworkers more than they see their family. So you want to at least enjoy seeing your coworkers and you want to have team builders and lunch outings and all that fun stuff, right? But if younger employees today are saying they're not getting the mentorship, they're not getting the guidance, they're not getting the coaching that they need, then to me, that is a call out for leadership within organizations to say, all right, well, we now need to take the effort. Pre-pandemic, it might have just happened organically. You might have sat next to a senior engineer. You might have been next to somebody who just more experienced than you, and that person coached you along the way. Now, in my opinion, companies, they don't have that luxury anymore. So I'm sorry, but you're going to have to pull your big boy pants up and give just a little bit of effort. And maybe you need to create a program. Maybe you need to make sure every new employee has a experienced developer where they have syncs and they have touch base. And this is a person who's safe and your go-to for certain things. Because that's what I have when I first started. It wasn't remote, but like I never forget. One of my best bosses till this day, he was like, yeah, Caleb, um, I'm not really going to be your mentor. So I'm not going to be helping. I'm not helping you with that. But your mentor is going to be here in two days. So just hang tight. And I just appreciate how transparent he was because I, I've been there before. Like those first, like you want to do, you want to do well. If you really care, you, you will put in the effort to do your job well. But what I'm trying to tell you is sometimes when you're a young puppy, you just need to learn to chill and just kind of understand like, look, like they all know I'm the young puppy, but as long as I'm trying and doing my best, you know, putting forward my best effort, that's really all I can do. And I just loved how my first boss was like, You're we have assigned you a mentor, but he's not here yet. So don't come up here and bother me with all your questions because that's his job. That's what he signed up for. And I had a great mentor. And let me be honest with you, like a lot of what he showed me, it was great being like next to him, but there's nothing about that relationship that I don't think you could do you could not do via Google meeting or zoom or any of those tools. And I think the last thing I want to say before I wrap up this episode was change is hard. I I really think what you're seeing is change is hard. Some organizations, and you're going to see it as a trend in 2022. Some organizations see what's going on. Like I have friends who are in relationships, for example, and you talk to them about the aspects of getting married or having kids, they're like, fuck no. And I'm like, what? Why not, man? Like, that's, you know, the American dream, right? And they're looking at me, they're like, dude, did you see how women were treated during the pandemic? Did you see how parents were treated during the pandemic? Did you see how teachers, daycares, nannies, you see how valuable they were and they were treated poorly during the pandemic? You know, people going to remote work, remote learning and there are some of us who just took the burden more than others and i i get where my friends are coming from because there there's something about today's age that this things have changed but like i guess the reason i wanted to point that out was change is hard because you have some organizations trying to act like that is not not that's not an issue like people are making these problems up. And what I'll tell you is you, you're going to have really like two categories. 
you have organizations that are going to acknowledge that millennials are um, not able to buy houses, not getting married, not having kids, and a significant amount of debt. And, you know, like I have friends who got like their first internship at like 27. It's not like they're not smart. It's not like they don't have skills. It's just it was a different journey and road compared to what maybe Gen X had or maybe boomers had. And what's really interesting to me, guys, is you have some people who are like, it was better the way it was before. We were working from work. And, like, I really, like, question that because I think to myself, like, the the people I've noticed who have told me, like, they missed being in the office, this is what I'll say. I think they missed the experience when everybody was in the office. Now... I know some of my older coworkers, they, they just like it because they want to get the change. They, you know, they don't mind going in the office. They really don't. Um, but I also think they would not go in the office if they knew they would be one of two people in the office. Uh, I do think some people that I know who enjoy working in the office, like it, they're few and far between. But I, I, what I'm trying to highlight is the ones who are like, I'd rather be in the office than being at home. I really question if... Is it that you like being in the office or did you like the mundane tasks that come with being, did you like having a commute? Because maybe that was your time to listen to your podcast, to listen to me. Maybe it was your time to, you know, have your own quiet time. Maybe not everybody gets along with their spouses, right? So maybe going into the office was like the break. Maybe you have a whole bunch of kids. Maybe that was the break of your day or of your week, whatever the case is. I, I get that. I really do. But... What I'm trying to say, in my opinion, is that when I hear people say people need to be working from work, I think we've kind of debunked that. And I think what's happened over the last two and a half years is you have you had a status quo where people were like, there's no way we can all be remote. And now you have everybody who's fully remote. Uh, I was hanging out with my in-laws and like, you know, my, my grandfather-in-law, he was like, how do you know if people aren't doing good jobs? And people were like, yeah, that was a concern. Like how, and this is, this is what I think the same way, you know, somebody's not doing a good job in the office. It's probably very similar to if they're not doing a good job remotely, like you have to produce results. And if you're not producing, that's probably a sign. But here's the other thing. If you're not having weekly one-on-ones, if you're not establishing some type of culture, even though it's remote, if you're not staying in contact, if you're not communicating effectively, then yeah, these things can become problems. And again, when I hear people who are like, who are like, I want the the work from work life, you can have it because you can go back and, but I can tell you, to me, change is hard. And I've noticed the change is really hard for, like, my coworkers who are, like, in their 40s going into their 50s because it's, like, you're almost, like, 20 years in your career and now you're at the halfway point or maybe a little over depending on when you can retire or when you want to retire. And it's, like, dude, I really liked it when I would see this person and do this here and go this and wear that and now I don't do any of that. And it's, like, yeah. Meanwhile, you talk to a whole bunch of millennials and a great resignation and remote work and COVID really just showed us, like, why am I spending so much time with a whole bunch of people who I'm just kind of cool with? Why am I not traveling? Why am I not doing something I really want to do? 
So for those of you, like, you might ha- you might be lifelongers. Like, you might be at a company that you're just like, I'm going to be here my whole life. You decided that when you started 10, 15 years ago, and you can continue to do that. And all I got to say is I applaud you because it is really nice knowing what you want to do, and you just have comfort within that decision. But for the most of us, for the majority of us, COVID, being remote, kind of opened up our eyes to really what's important. And when I hear somebody say, you need to work from work, I just say to myself, working from work is highly overrated. But again, change is hard Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Easier and for make us. sure to check us out on peopleintech.io. And some, I mean, I've been getting a whole bunch of requests, guys, like one person. Asking me, Kayla, when are you getting in front of the camera? So 2022 might be the year I get over to fear and start doing YouTube. And maybe we'll get back in some podcast interviews. Those are some of the things I want to do. Uh, because one thing I learned during the pandemic is I love making content. I love networking. I love putting myself out there. And I just love sharing my thoughts. Otherwise, I just talk to myself in my car when I'm on my way to pick up my kid. So I'd rather get in front of a mic. Maybe I put a camera in front of me and record myself. Maybe you guys can see my office, and maybe I do a little streaming this year too. So a whole bunch of things for 2022. But hope you enjoyed this episode. Check us out. Subscribe. Leave a review. And maybe win $25 from Amazon. Maybe $150. I don't know. If you don't leave a review, I just can't even figure out who to send it to. All right. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for joining us on the People in Tech podcast. For resources mentioned in this episode, visit us at peopleintech.io and join our mailing list for more content. Later.